0: "'Were both of us lucky in finding a fire like this on such a night?' "'The doctor went on, trying his best to put the little man at his ease.' "'The stranger did not seem to hear the remark. "'He began to ask a string of questions about the road. "'How far was it to Maltwick? "'Would he be likely to lose the track in the dark? "'He had passed one or two doubtful-looking characters on the way. "'Was there any chance of the doctor's company on the road?' The doctor regretted that he was going in the opposite direction. He advised the traveller, if a stranger in the district, to stop the night at the Moorcock. This fire alone, he said, would make it worth your while. But the man was gazing into the embers with an absent expression of face, as if what he saw there only confirmed his fears. No, he said at last, I must get on, I have no time to waste. "'You, sir, will perhaps join me with a bottle of wine. "'It is wonderful what heart it puts into a man on nights like these.' "'Aisleby, coming in from giving the horse a feed of oats, "'fetched wine and glasses. "'There was good wine in those days in the cellars of the Moorcock. "'You had better stay here the night,' he said. "'You can start at dawn. "'The road's lonely enough for a townsman, "'and your horse seems ridden hard.' but he would have none of it. He drank the wine, gulping it down as if it had been water, his eyes fixed all the while on the fire. Then, with a hurried good-night to the doctor, he paid his reckoning and was gone. Thank the Lord, said Aisleby, they're not all as surly as him, and he drank what remained in the bottle. His little company we see here as it is, a curse on his coffin face. "'Will you join me with a second bottle, Aisleby?' the doctor asked. "'This is a rare wine of yours. "'Yes, these moors are no place for lily-livered citizens like our friend. "'Between you and me, that valise of his looked uncommonly heavy. "'If he feared robbery, he would have been wiser to have slept here "'and gone on with the coach tomorrow afternoon. "'Well, well, I envy you, your fire, Aisleby.' If I were you, I should never leave it. But old men will die, and babies must be born. And time and tide wait for no man, not even for us doctors. Good night, Aisleby. Your wife's doing famously. In ten years' time, you won't be sitting here alone by the hearth, I'll wager. The doctor was gone. Outside, the wind howled through the sycamores. The rain beat viciously against the uncurtained pane. Aesleby drew his chair up to the chimney corner, and, like the stranger, gazed thoughtfully into the embers. He was an ambitious man, and in the fire he saw the things he wanted to do. There were patches of moorland he wished to reclaim, good land, water sodden, that needed but draining to bear heavy crops. There was ironstone to quarry, easily workable, if once you had the capital, and easily got to the railhead, When the Maltwick line was finished, he knew that the days of the Moorcock were passing with the coaches and wished to have more than one iron in the fire as well as to raise again the name of Aisleby. What he saw in the heart of the flame were golden, glittering sovereigns. The clock in the corner ticked. Money, money, money. He was aroused from his dreaming by a sharp double knock at the door. There was no sign of hoofs this time but the traveller was the same. As he came into the firelight, clutching tightly his valise, Aisleby saw that the man's head was bound with a blood-stained handkerchief. His tired horse had stumbled where the cowgirl beck crossed the road, and the rider, who was no rider, had been thrown. He had trudged back the five long miles on foot, leaving his beast to fare as best it might. Aisleby offered to show him his room. It's not what it should be, he said my wife being but poorly. The stranger, however, declared that he would prefer to spend the night on the couch by the fire. I'll get your blankets then, said the landlord, and stole upstairs on tiptoe, for he was a fond husband then. He found his wife sleeping soundly in the great four-poster bed, the baby by her side. Returning as quietly as he had come, he paused on the little landing halfway down the stairs, The door of the kitchen had been left ajar. The stranger, seated with his back towards him, had opened the valise. Aisleby caught the glint of golden sovereigns and heard them clink as the man...